Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Cornrows podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. Of course, read us over Indy Cornrows. Caitlin Cooper just dropped a great article this morning. Uh, definitely worth the read. I'm really psyched today to be joined by Jonathan Macri from over at Knicks Film School to, to preview a little Knicks Pacers rematch from uh, from a game earlier this season. John, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. I um, wish I could come on here and, and talk about a team that was playing slightly better than they are, but... Um, you know, all in all, winning record. I guess I'm, I'm as a Nick fan, I'm not allowed to complain too much. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny because these two teams are on very different trajectories right now. Indy went one and six in October, five and two uh, in November. Uh, and, and the Knicks went five and one in October and two and five in November so far. So they're kind of on, uh, again, on converging paths. Um, I want to say, that this was I'm pretty sure the Knicks were the first victory of the season for for Indiana so yeah um I, it, I think they it, they had gotten the win in my uh, against Miami oh yes Miami got I'm two. like I'm all over the place but yeah um regardless it's <laughs> uh, one of those I, few Pacers games I, I watched yeah yeah there's uh there's it feels like we've been through three months of the season already and we, we're barely through one but you know it, it is what it is um so with this Knicks team, I have so many questions I want to ask you because I was telling you before we got on, I've seen quite a few of their games this year. Um, I think in some ways they have been better. Obviously, they're fifth in offensive rating right now, uh, but the defense has kind of fallen off a cliff compared to where it was last year. Um, I guess the first question I'll ask, because it's been pretty prescient for me, especially in watching, uh, what has been up with Julius's defense for you? Uh, because for me, I mean, he was – last year was – I mean, despite his massive workload, I thought it was the best – defensive season of his career it was awesome playing as a low man it was fantastic in isolation and um this year not to like completely hound him but like that career game from OG Ananobi was a lot of I mean Julius just getting kind of worked if we're being honest um and it, yeah. it just feels like he hasn't been very consistent as a defender this year and has kind of set the table in some ways well it's so I think coming into his Nick career um, you know, as soon as they signed him, every Nick content creator went and did all their homework. And like, you know, you, you could find the old clip of Julius, like, you know, hanging one-on-one with Steph on the perimeter and like having those moments of good on-ball defense. And then, of course, mixed in were some really pretty terrible moments, but usually off-ball stuff. And it was usually like effort and um, just awareness and, and, you know, the typical things where, where bad off-ball defense comes from. Um, and then last year he really locked in and I think he got one, uh, all defense vote, maybe two from, from some generous person, which like, not that he deserved to be on those teams, but the fact that, that uh, media people would anywhere would recognize that I think spoke to the fact that he locked in and well, you know, like anybody who has a usage rate as high as his, there's going to be a possession or two where they, they kind of relax for the most part, he was really part of the the tone 
he was the tone. I don't want to say he was the tone setter, but given where he was the previous season, where his, his first season in New York was, was more of the same, not so great stuff. Um, it was really impressive. This season, we've seen a reversion back to form. Um, a lot of possessions where he's kind of hanging out in the paint and, you know, someone's firing away from the corner and like, you know, everybody knows Thibodeau's defense. You try to protect the rim and, and you, you hustle back out, but you got to play on the balls of your feet. And, and, you know, you see like his backup, Obi Toppin, guys flying around out there. He's mm. part of a unit that has like a 95 defensive rating, which is, you know, given the talent is pretty ridiculous. Julius could do that. We saw him do it last year. He has not been doing it thus far. And then, you know, you mentioned that in Obi, even in the Charlotte game, you said you watched like Miles Bridges ate his lunch uh, in, in one-on-one situations too. Like that I, for me may have been arguably more concerning because like, I, I you know, that Julius isn't guy, a guy you, you want to think other teams are going to target, but they've been able to have their way. Yeah. And it's been kind of just disconcerting to watch compared to where it was last year. Um, I don't want to say that's the whole reason that the defense has fallen off because I still it's, have it's not. questions in that. But <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it, it. it's felt like the biggest part so far because even like, you know, and we'll talk more about Kemba too. At least for me, I felt like, I mean, Kemba is solid in, in, in help and trying to be a good team defender. It's just the size is always going to be a problem and what happens in isolation. Yes. Um, and that's, I feel like that's borne out. But again, like compared to where Elf was last year, it's, I mean, I feel like it's been, Roughly the same impact wise, maybe a little bit better, but but where are you at with that? Uh, Elf, I mean, obviously the fan base kind of turned on yeah, Elf that was, uh, yeah. the, <laughs> the moment he got resigned. And I actually initially came to his defense because he was mm-hmm. he wasn't bad his his first year in New York. He took a step back last year. He, he had some good on ball moments, but he would uh, mix in just as many flighty off ball moments where it's like, what route are you taking? That's not anywhere near like the ball or your man. Yeah. It's, you know, he was, he was in his own world. Kemba, like Kemba knows where he's supposed to be. And he, you know, he gets there. Um, is he, is he playing constantly with like the fire under his butt? Um, no, but again, you can't say that about any Knicks starter. RJ Barrett had some great moments early in the year yeah. on defense. He's fallen off. Mitchell Robinson, you know, everybody's excited about Mitch, right? Everybody loves Mitch. Guess who hasn't really been that great. There might be an injury concern there. We don't know. You know, Fournier, same deal. So I don't want to single out Kemba. Um, he's been what I expected. Uh, takes a lot of charges. Uh, you know, the real issue and the reason why, you know, for the last couple of weeks, this really hasn't felt like the fifth-ranked offense in the league is because he just went through a four-game stretch where he couldn't hit a shot. Mm-hmm. And he was shooting, I think, 20% overall and then some obscene, like, 13% from deep or, or something ridiculous like that. Um Turned it on again in, in Charlotte. We we hope that that's more of what's to come. Um, but for me, Kemba, you know, look, then they didn't make any bones about it. Kemba was brought here for his offense. So if he's going to go, you know, a week and a half where he's averaging four and a half points a game, I think that infects their defense because it's, you know, it, it, everybody feels like they have to make up for it. And it's just a trickle down effect that you don't want. Yeah. And it's funny. So to go back to RJ, though, you mentioned uh, that he's kind of, falling off a little bit defensively like I was already you know the first I think seven games I'm like all right RJ Barrett all defense this year I can see it oh he was great um, yeah. and then uh there was a I think it was Ritt Holtzman put it out the other day uh or Benji I think it's named Benji he has right on his on his thing but uh yeah. great Knicks follow for anybody who who doesn't follow him uh put out the clip of Tibbs yelling RJ wake the fuck up during the middle of the Hornets game uh did not wake the fuck up in case anybody was wondering but 
that's not something that I was I was ready for this year or or accustomed to. Um, I mean, in, in some ways, does it kind of feel like the like you mentioned a little bit with Kemba, but it feels like the offense in some ways has kind of trickled down into the defense. Um, and I'm just not it, sure what to make of it. Uh, neither is anybody else. Um, I look. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the off that this starting unit has ever defended really well mm-hmm. this year. They they've had moments. Um, and certainly RJ has had some really nice one-on-one moments um, and, and moments where he's kind of picked up the slack for others. You know, right now, um, it's just it's not great all around. You know, you see it in fits and starts, like most teams that you see struggling. Um, but for me, it really does start with the offense. And I, I'm not – certainly not like sourced or anything, but like I, I have just the impression and like you kind of watch Julius's body language, you kind of – you know, again, Kemba Walker, a guy, he didn't score in single digits four times all of last season when he was supposedly bad, and he did it four games in a row. And now you got RJ kind of what's his role in his off in the offense after he scored 20 or more in five straight games, and, you know, there was the, oh, is he ready to make an all-star team? Like those conversations. I think everybody's trying to figure out, well, you know, where do I slot in on this team? Like what's my – where do I fit in on the totem pole? And again, I, I kind of think that starts with Julius. You know, he's the tone setter. He's the leader. He's the all-star. He's no one's gotten up behind a podium and talk more about how the culture is different here and the whole thing than Julius Randle. And I, I think, you know, I wonder if he is still a guy who comes out and like, okay, get me. I want my shots or at least I want the ball. Let me rephrase that. Cause a lot of times he wants the ball and he looks to get his assists. Right. Mm. But like there's a lot he could be doing when he doesn't have the ball. And I just think maybe it's too much to put it on Julius. And I've been defending him a lot this year, but I, I, I think there is like just a modicum of unselfish play that is kind of missing right now. And again, that's not to say guys aren't trying to make the right pass or like guys are taking bad shots, but there's just something missing, you know, that you see when a team has it going the right way. And they just, and, and I do absolutely. I think it affects the defense. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like you're mentioning, I felt like watching this team the first week, like, yeah, this team looks like I get it, the top five offense. But since then, it's felt like a lot of, uh, you know, kind of my turn, your turn with Kemba. And, and guys were hitting shots, team, by the way. Julius. Yeah, and they were hitting shots well. <laughs> you know, um, like helps. Derek Rose is shooting like almost 50 50 90 this year. It's been kind of ridiculous. He's been incredible. But like overall, just for the team, team it's been, uh, it's been very just herky jerky on offense and trying to figure that out. So I guess. I mean, are you kind of at a worry level with that? I mean, to me, that just feels like something that's going to wrap out eventually, but it's definitely a little bit like, okay, you don't want to go two uh, and five to start the month. I'll say this. I Coming into the year, I my expectations were, you know, and I, I think these were, I don't want to say lofty, certainly not as lofty as some Nick fans. Um, I was hoping for a top 15 deep, uh, or excuse me, offense, you know, and really in my, in my, in my dreams, maybe a top 12 unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a unit that stayed in the top 10 on defense, probably closer to like top seven or eight. And then you add it up and it's a top 10 net rating, which is by the way, what they were last year. And then the first week happened and you're like, okay, wow, I guess, <laughs> I guess they're not going to have a problem being a top 10 offense. And, and, and as it sits right now, because of how well the bench is played, and I know we haven't been uh, talking about the bench yet, but like, it's the best bench unit in the NBA. And I, I don't think it's particularly close. Um, just if you go by net rating and even the eye test, I mean, they get them back in these games, they hold leads, they expand leads. And, and you see like, 
here's the thing. They, they can hit shots. The only guys who are really struggling, if you look at their year-long percentages right now, are RJ and Randall. And I don't think anybody expects those guys to be this bad the whole year. I think they're going to figure out how to get in a groove. So I'm not, you know, I haven't hit the panic button yet. At the same time, you know, it, it's, and, and this is a perfect transition to maybe talking about your team because Victor Oladipo, similar situation to Julius Randle, high pedigree, top, top of the draft um, sort of player, middled around for five years, whatever it was, and then boom, second team, all, or I think, what was he, third team? He should have been second team mm-hmm. over Russ. Um, you know, MVP votes. And that was Julius last year. And then, you know, Vic had the first half of the season the next year where he wasn't very good. And then he got injured and, and we know what's happened since. Like, is that, was last year just going to be a year we look back on for Julius and be like, wow, that was just making a lot of tough shots. And if he's not making those tough shots, which again, he has not this year, where does that leave him as a guy who's going to be, you know, a part of your offense. And the problem right now is he still wants to be the centerpiece. And if you're not going to hit those type of shots, you can't be the centerpiece. So it, there is definitely a real level of concern here. Yeah, no, and that's fair too. I think, uh, yeah, that was part of what I got frustrated with, with the Knicks. Like, I do think in some ways it went too far, like the, oh, you know, like build around Julius. I'm like, yeah, to an extent, I think, you know, you take this next year. Like I loved what the Knicks did in the off season. Um, I thought it was, it was good. Like, because I mean, I think we talked about this before. Like, just to me, the Knicks deciding to be normal and 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 yes. just uh, making solid moves to build off of going to the playoffs. Like, that's what you want to see. That's something I hadn't seen in my entire life uh, with the Knicks. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Um, yeah. But I guess, like, I, I don't know. A lot of people brought up, okay, is Julius going to fall off? Like, yeah, he was hitting hella contested shots from everywhere last year. Um, and I, I guess I fall somewhere in the middle. Like, I think to me, it's. Um, he's still capable of carrying that load, but like, it's just, okay, you got to find this balance on, balance on offense. Does RJ take that next step, which he showed for like the first like game or two, a lot of it's buoyed by transition for sure. But like, I do think the passings look better. He's looked better as a finisher prior to this. Like you just pretend that the last three or four games didn't happen. Um, no, but, I, yeah. he, no, you're, you know, that, that like, if you actually watch RJ all, all this shit, like he hasn't hit the, the far side of a barn in about a week, but his, his approach is still much better than it was even last year. Like he got rid of like a lot of really terrible stuff that he was doing as a rookie, but even last season he was taking three, four shots a game at the rim that were just like, you know, you knew when they left his hand, like these shots don't have a chance to go in. A lot of like going away from contact, throwing up with you. Exactly. Like just, yeah. Yeah. He looks a lot stronger this year. And I just think it looks better overall. Yeah. It, it does. I still would love to see him draw, you know, more yes. than I don't know what he's is he drawing three fouls a game? I don't even know what he's. Um, uh, I think he's just like, below that right now. But yeah, no, definitely need to see more of contact drawing from him. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I'm 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 not worried about RJ and Julius. You know, me look, we're talking what is it, uh 15 games, 13 games, like whatever they've played. I'll I'll check back in like a month. And if this is still happening a month from now, then you could send up the, you know, the red flare. Yeah. All right. Well, quick, quick, quick hitter before we talk about Pacers. Uh, where are you at with Mitch? Because I don't want to say that I'm, I'm disappointed with Mitch this year. Um, but I am. Uh, yeah, I guess I, 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 I gotta be better at being critical. I am definitely disappointed with Mitch this year. Um, I hated as soon as I saw that he did a dirty bulk in the offseason. I was like, Oh no. 
Um, and that's borne out for me. He's looked slower. Like it, I do think it's helped him in some ways on the perimeter, not perimeter in, in the interior, adding some of the weight. Um, but he's been slower in pick and roll. His feet haven't been as good. And also he just, I mean, he hasn't been awesome this year. Uh, hasn't really taken much of a step forward on offense. Like the finishing's still great, but he's taking less than four shots a game right now. I mean, uh, where are you at with him? Because this is definitely not the start that I think uh, anyone really envisioned from him. Um, I'll say this. I here's the only thing, the only reason I don't think it's the added weight. Um, so I like I have a, a newsletter about the Knicks that I every after every game I give uh, a three star player of the game, two star player of the game, one star player of the game, and I check whatever it was a couple of days ago and Mitch is still he hasn't gotten a star in like two weeks but he's still like second or third in the standings because for the first like five games and I said it at the time I said this is the best five game stretch of Mitchell Robinson's career and it was he came out of the gate and he was like everything we've always wanted him to be and I'm like okay can we finally buy in now mm-hmm. and in the last couple of weeks it's been he's had a hip flexor he missed I think it was one game, maybe two games. He's he, he's always on the floor. The problem with Mitch is is it is it an injury that's lingering, or is it just the same kind of like is his head really fully in the game kind of inconsistency that we've seen for the last three years? And you know, for anybody wondering, well, you know, the Knicks could extend him right now and lock him up for a figure that's more or less the same as what what you know big time lord got in Boston. Like, why haven't, and, and if you believe the reporting, they have not offered it. Why haven't they offered it? Well, you know, is he ever going to be able to put together, you know, a month where he looks good, like for the whole month, let alone, you know, like a whole season? Um, long, long answer short, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, again, I'm like a little concerned about Mitch, but I'm not, not ready to sell him off for, for parts quite yet. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, transitioning to talking about the pace a little bit. What questions do you have coming in? Because right now this team's kind of hitting a uh, a little bit of a uh, turning point, it seems like, especially after, you know, being able to grind out a win against Philadelphia that looked like it wasn't going to happen. Um, they've just kind of found a little bit of something that hadn't been there prior. Uh, a lot of guys are playing really well. Um, what have you seen in the Pacers or, or what questions do you have uh, coming into the game tonight? Um, I mean, I've, I've watched them, I think, three times this year. Like I said, I watched the Miami win, which was great. I've, I've watched, obviously, the, when they played the Knicks, and I think I caught them part of part of one other game. Um, I mean, for me, with, with Indy, it's like I, I feel like it's kind of steady as she goes with, with the team. That's my perception as an outsider because, like, when I think of, like, steady, solid, you know, bottom rung all – star type players like I think of Demonis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon I understand Brogdon hasn't actually made a team yet but like he's good enough to do yeah that. he's like borderline and yeah and then you know I I guess the, the question I have is like I, I've gotten in, in some trouble in the past uh comparing RJ as like during his rookie or I think maybe after his rookie year I was like at this point and again he was not good as a, as a rookie I said his median outcome I thought was Karis LeVert and Nick fans fucking killed me about this like you would not believe they're like you know he's a he's a nothing player he's like he's barely a starter and i'm like okay check the numbers and then get back to me now last season more encouraged and certainly beginning of this season more encouraged um so but the thing about lavert is like as others have talked about like how does he fit in 
with an offense that kind of I feel like knows what it knows what it is, knows what it wants to do. Because he's he's more of like a wild card to me. So I guess him, I wonder about how he's looked, and then just like you know the the question that we've asked for how many years? Like is is Miles Turner going to hit shots? If he's if that's I mean we obviously I know full well from the last game we played, guys, but like <laughs> yeah. if, if that dude's hitting shots. Like, I, you know, that's a that's a really tough offense to guard. Yeah. Uh, with Karis, it's so interesting, man, uh, because I tend to be a little bit higher on him like you. I think some people go a little too far with it, but it is tough because even this year, uh, he's only played six games because he's been dealing with a recurring back injury, um, which has been a little bit, um, you know, not really sure what to make of it because initially he was just going to miss preseason. And it was going to be fine. and He'd be back for the first first game wasn't back for the first game like it just it's it's kind of been a thing this year so um but when he's been there I mean and especially last year too he's the most dynamic playmaker on the team and I think that's just a really important avenue that nobody else has like Malcolm is really good like he's he's like the the highest outcome you can be for a combo guard without being a lead initiator in my opinion like he's good at at setting things up in the half court but he just doesn't ever quite have it consistently to um to, to, to fully bend a defense. Like, you can do it for stretches, but not for, for the full amount of time like you want from a starting point guard. But um, Harris has that in the half court. But the problem is just his scoring. Like, it's so all over the board. Um, like, I, there are moments where he'll get all the way downhill. Like, his first game, he got all the way downhill every single time. It looked fantastic. Um, but then, you know, the next game, he's taking, like, six or seven – five to 15 footers and it's like dude you you can get all the way to the rim and you're just not punishing the defense the same way but it's it's like it's not even that pull-ups are bad it's just he doesn't hit them at a high enough level consistently for it to really um got it to to be a good enough level offense so you know trying to see that is is what i want to see this year just getting in more consistently um but i mean just granted the 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 offense has looked at its best when he's out there with them um, what's been weirdest about the offense, though, and like you mentioned, Miles has been so far it's a career year for him, and I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to think, okay, this is going to stick because it's happening, you know, that consistently. Um, but it's kind of, and it, it's not his offense coming at the cost of Domas, but the offense in general is kind of uh, underutilized Domas, which is odd to say about somebody averaging like 18 and 11, but. You know, he went similarly to, to Julius in some ways last year. A no, lot I, of post operation, a lot of running DHOs and, and having the ball in his hands without necessarily having a scoring opportunity. And now they're playing like pretty much strictly five out. And I mean, he's not a shooter defense. Even if he does take shots, the defense doesn't care. So it's just been kind of an awkward utilization with him. Well, I I am um, a Demonis Sabonis fan. Um, I, I I'm old enough to remember when uh, the Julius versus Demonis conversation for like who's going to get the last All Star spot for big yeah. in the East was like a thing last year, and then you know Julius's narrative kind of took off. Um, it doesn't mean Demonis is not every bit the player that Julius Randle is. He, he certainly is, um, and he might be better at this point. Who knows? We'll see how things transpire in the next few years. Um, I, I just know big picture wise, I think this would be a good game for the Knicks to win. Um, already thinking ahead to tiebreakers and what have you, because man, this Eastern Conference, as I'm sure you guys have talked about a lot, uh, is no joke. And, yeah, no, uh, exactly. you know, I, I don't for one millisecond look at where the Pacers are in the standings right now and be like, oh, okay, they're not, you know, they're not going to be in the mix for you know, the playoffs, let alone the play in 
Um, you know, you guys have a good team and, uh, you know, certainly much better net rating than the Knicks over the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. So yeah. I, I expect a, I expect a good game, a tight game tonight. And then, uh, you know, we'll see, I guess, who makes more plays down the stretch. That makes two of us, man. I, I'm really interested to see what this team looks like, especially after having a game on film against one another already. But, um, yeah. Don, I appreciate you, man. This was great. Uh, where can people find you? Is there anything that you want to plug before you're out of here? Uh, yeah, sure. Just find me on Twitter. I always tweet out all my stuff. If you're interested in uh, reading uh, tweets and things about the Knicks, it's uh, JC Macri NBA. And uh, yeah, everything is under the Knicks Film School umbrella. So Knicks Film School newsletter on Substack, free edition every Monday. And then, uh, of course, the Knicks Film School podcast and uh, the YouTube channel. So uh, I appreciate having me on, man. Uh, like I said, I hope it's a good game. And it's always good to talk to you. Of course, man. Anytime. Jonathan, I appreciate you to everyone listening. Thank you for listening. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day.